Welcome to the 16th episode of Junto Club. On this episode, Shu introduces a new and questionable segment, and we welcome back Jake to talk about non-fungible tokens and gaming. For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. We are now live and uh, as well as recording. So uh, I'm going to welcome you, welcome our listeners in to what is this episode 16? Meeting 16. Meeting Meeting. 16. We always get that wrong. That's right. Meeting (laughs) 16 of Junto Club, which is the Junto Club podcast, (laughs) which is uh, based on the uh, efforts of Benjamin Franklin almost 300 years ago which basically saw him along with a bunch of other uh, men in some kind of weird fraternity uh, basically gather on Friday evenings to discuss philosophy, science, politics, and issues of the day, uh, gossip around town in order to better themselves and better understand the world around them. So that's what we're trying to do here. So in an effort to better ourselves today, we're talking about games. Mm-hmm. gaming yeah. the important <laughs> issues of today okay yeah yeah all right so, so should we take it away yeah per usual i guess we we'll start we we'll start with a quote from benjamin franklin that i don't really understand again so today the quote for this week is quote do not do that which you would not have known end quote does it make sense to you guys at all? Let me smoke some more weed and I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> that might be necessary. This it one's might. tough. Repeat it one more time. I met, uh, I, I do it. Do not do that which you would not have known. I mean, is it saying like don't do something that you didn't know what would happen or something? <laughs> I don't know. This Maybe. could be. This could be in the realm of like, uh, you know, you talk about Warren Buffett and whatever Charlie Munger or whatever his name is, and like they talk about like investing in what you know. Mm. So Ben Franklin could have been talking about doing, you know, like he's talking like, about French girls. That's yeah. What he's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> French. Well, what's the second part? Of you not have known. What does that mean? Does that mean that you something that you don't know? You would not have known. So do something in which you would have not have known. Yeah. So uh, I mean, so basically, don't do something like that you wish you didn't, wish you wouldn't have done. No. Mm, but I guess I, I do agree with Jake's interpretation. Like, is like maybe do don't do anything that you don't know very well, right? If you don't understand it. Don't do it. Or if you don't understand the consequence, don't do it. Right. We're talking about the guy who flew a kite into a lightning storm, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, a- he tra- he also he got at- elect- electrocuted by trying to uh, electrocute a turkey. So <laughs> he was trying uh, to cook it. Yeah. 
Mm. He forgot the ground. He 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 forgot to ground it. So mm. anyway, so I guess, and he lived to be like ninety, right? Yeah, eighty, eighty something. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Oh well, I'll go shock myself, and then maybe that's the key. To, that's the key to a long life is electricity. You know? it's, yeah, certainly. Anyway, so that makes me feel alive. Anyway, so do we? Do, what did you say? That's the only thing that makes me feel alive. What made you feel alive? Self harm. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Something to do with turkeys. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I I never get people's jokes. So. So I guess uh, let's move on from this quote. I guess I think we will have a kind of agreement. Unconfused, equally confused. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I, you could ignore me for a minute because I need to change the time of our live video. So continue on. Oh, okay. Not yet, because we, we are talking about next. We're gonna go to a lighter topic, right? So, are we back to normal now, Mike? Since you you were wishing for back to normal after COVID. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lighter topic. That's right. Yes, because of a, yet another mass shooting. So we're yeah. up to one a week on average again. So yeah, yeah. So, so back to normal. Yeah. So J- to fill in Jake, I, I guess J- we should have introduced Jake. Jake is uh, <laughs> second, our second repeated guest. So, um, yeah, so last week I said, like, I feel like this is a return to normal after COVID, like with mm. the shooting in Atlanta. Mm. So uh, now we have the shooting in Colorado. So this is, yeah. so we're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> so, of course, it's, I guess it's perfect time to talk about gun control. And that's what Democrats do all the time, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I... I know you guys are probably against it, but is there nothing we can do? Like, because all the time people when when they see this, and they say, "Is there really nothing we can do?" Because always, like, the the conservative will say, "Oh, you know, Democrats are going to talk about gun control." You know, the body is not even cold yet, right? So I'm talking about gun control already, you know. And then, and the Democrats, of course, they, you know, there's we need to do something, right? But I feel like there's every time we talk about this, but there's we usually there's nothing come out come out of it, right? So mm-hmm. anybody who say we need to do something, but you know, I feel like this. So yeah, my question is: Is there nothing we can do actually? Because uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine just probably, I mean, just probably, you know, more background checks with it. I guess make it just harder, just make it a little bit harder to get a gun. You know, I mean, I feel yeah. like it's probably pretty easy to get one, but you know, so yeah, I think. There's a few things like universal background checks that could help, but it's it's tough because there's so many guns already just out in America. Mm. Like, I don't think there's a realistic scenario where you get everything, you know, get most of those back, right? And, like, I don't know. I'm not trying to dismiss mass shootings by any means, but, like, relative to, like, you know, things that kill Americans, mass shootings are still very small, although they get a lot of media attention. Mm. So, like doing like some sort of massive effort is generally just not, I don't know. Mm. It's probably not the most effective use of our time and resources. <laughs> it's kind of cold, you know, right? That sounds kind of cold. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, it does. I know, but, uh, but I mean like way more people are just like murdered in like mm. normals, you know, personal things. And then way more people die from car wrecks and are murdered in any way. And way mm-hmm. more people die from, you know, 
overeating than die from car wrecks. So we got like a whole pyramid of things that kill a lot more people. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, but so so you don't think like the you don't like Democrats have been calling for like more basically tougher gun control, not gun control, like tougher like background check. You don't think that is a good idea? No, I like the universal background checks. I think there are a few things we can do,、mm. but I don't know if they're going to exactly solve the problem. Honestly,、uh, like, so, I'm just not convinced anything we could actually get past is going to like make a huge dent. So we don't have universal background check right now on guns. I think there are some loopholes to it. I mean, I think normally you do need it, but、mm. there's some. Apparent loopholes that you can get around that. Of course, I think the bigger issues often it's just like family or friends, right? Like,、mm. there's been a, plenty of cases even now where someone got like their family's gun, and that's how they went and did it. So, you know, what would a background check do in that case, right? Yeah. So why why is、uh, why is concern like the Republicans are against it though? Like when like maybe tougher background checks. Well, I think a lot of Republicans are just. Probably a decent amount of them would agree with something like universal background checks, but I think a lot of them are just worried about like sort of the like ever marching line of like more restrictions. And、mm. for them, there's it's a question of values, right? Like they value the right to have guns more than the potential increased safety. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. A- <laughs> Depressing topic over. <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let's move on to another lighter lighter topic. So in,、um, I want to introduce a new segment for this podcast.、Oh. So in Laya, what you know, the attacks on Asians, you know, <laughs> no, you know, the Asian hate. So、um, you know, a lot of people are telling uh, you know uh, people like Asians to go back to China. So I want to introduce a new segment called "Going Back to China." Okay. Okay.、Uh, what's going to be in the segment, Shu? So basically, just convince myself, you know, just to dig deeper, dig, dive dive deeper into Asian culture, I guess, and talk about, I guess, I'm trying to convince myself. Maybe I should, maybe heed the advice, you know, of other people. Maybe I should go back to China. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want. Yeah. So, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with certain aspects of life. I mean, I guess not. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, there's so many cultures. The only thing I can do, I can go back to China and learn Tai Chi. You know. <laughs> that's that's the number one reason. The ultimate martial art. Tai yeah, Chi. Yeah. Actually, there's <laughs> an Asian guy. He he did a YouTube video of like. People attacking like、uh, blaming like Asians for like COVID right virus,、mm-hmm. and then he was like, "Why do you attack Asians? Don't you know we we know kung fu?" And also like, why would you if if you believe that we actually have COVID, that、like, bring COVID right? We are virus. Why would you attack a virus? You're gonna get you know virus yourself. So <laughs> anyway, so besides the point, do you know who else is telling me to go back to China? Is it China? Yeah, exactly. My my grandma. Oh、um, yeah. Yeah. She's like ninety. She's she, every time she talks to me, she say, "Hey, you know, China is so good right now. You should just go back to it anyway." So yeah. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say the Chinese government because they're paying. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, Chinese government, they do it too. Actually, they, they try to get a lot of, they try to get a lot of like bonuses, try to get a lot of programs, like give you a, a apartment for free or something right, for a few right. years and then say, hey, you come back and work for China. Yeah. Well, there, yeah. Like, cause I heard when I was at one of the meetings I went to, like, yeah, the China is essentially like paying through the nose for anyone with yeah. expertise in AI. Yeah. So, and then yeah. that's what, and then actually, that's what my grandma had been telling me. So, hey, you know, Chinese, China is going to give you a free apartment, you know, in Shanghai. So I can come visit you and live with you. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll move to China if they give me a free apartment. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Room and board, I'll move. Yeah. yeah. No, Shanghai so, is a beautiful airport. Yeah, that <laughs> would be cool to go. I'd love to go to Shanghai. It's awesome. And I mean, Just, you don't really want to criticize your government anyway, Shu. So you don't have to worry about being like whisked off, you know, in a van. Yes. <laughs> yeah. True. No. Anyway, so um, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of the things. Yeah. Oh, one one more thing about my grandma. I guess she. You know, did you guys know Nest Lester Holt? Lester oh, Holt? Yeah, yeah. 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 CNN. Yeah. Yeah, NBC, NBC anchor, right? NBC oh, News. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time I turn it on the TV for her, like to watch the NBC News, she always asks, is, is this the president? Because <laughs> <laughs> every time I tell him, you know, this Joe Biden and Lester Holt, but somehow she cannot tell the difference between Lester Holt and Joe Biden. And actually, when, when I when I look it up, I said, "Oh yeah." When I think about it, actually, there is a little bit of similarity between Joe Biden and Lester Holt. If your grandma watches this, tell her I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. So and my point is that my grandma truly doesn't see color. That's <laughs> No, because when you initially said that, I was like, I think I have the wrong guy. Like, I mean, I was like, I was like, can she say, like, I mean, how could she possibly make that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've been showing it her every day, but, you know, she, she's, yeah. she's just a better person than any of us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you can identify Joe Biden and Lester Holt, you're a piece of shit. But if yeah, you can't, <laughs> you're a good person. Ah. <laughs> uh. That is all right. Uh, so, so was that the first segment of uh, going back to China, or was that, or like, is, it, is well, there some other piece of Asian culture we're getting today? Well, yeah. Well, this one guy in China, he actually he, he so his his girlfriend had been nagging him to go get like get married, mm-hmm. right? So, so he he was tired of the nagging, so he went to he stole a purse. So he got arrested to get in jail. And then the cop asked, like, why did you steal the purse, right? He said, oh, because I want to go in prison to have some alone time. So I won't be nagged by my girlfriend to get married. So, Oh, my God. Chinese culture in a nutshell for you. I feel like that's a reason not to go back to China. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's, that's, that's my new segment for today. All right. Well. I'll tune in next week. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to do like a a TV show with you and be like, shoe in China, you know, and like just document like your time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, what was that show we watched, Jake? Uh, James James Mann, Japan or whatever. Yeah. James Mann, Japan. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. So there's a like uh what is he from Top Gear or something? Top Top Gear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Oh, is he an English guy with long hair? Yeah, he's an English dude with long hair. Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah. tall. He's like six foot oh, something yeah. or whatever. So and he yeah. just like traveled like Japan and stuff. It was like a six episode series on Amazon. So it was right. pretty cool. All right. So we need to do the same with show. All yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> China All right. take longer. Mm. <laughs> it's a big country. It's a big country. <laughs> Are you guys ready for games? All right, yeah, sure. we can do games. So before we get before we go there, have you guys heard of something called NFT? Non fungible token. Yes. Yes, I've heard of it. Yeah, mm. you haven't heard of it. Mm-mm. Wow, where have you been? This 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 thing has been blown up in the past three weeks. No, uh, what well, a cryptocurrency. Yeah, what is no. it? No, so, well, sort of. <laughs> Mike, can you explain? Sure. So, like, I mean, I, I haven't looked into it a ton, but my understanding is essentially they're using uh, the tech uh, technology that's similar to what they use for cryptocurrency, like the blockchain technology, to mm-hmm. essentially, like, make... So, for example, like, the there's, like, an image of the original tweet by... Um, who founded Twitter? Jack or whatever? Jack Dorsey. Yeah, Jack Dorsey, yeah. So, like, Jack's first tweet ever, there's, like, an image of it. And essentially, they can use, uh, like, blockchain-type technology to, like, say this is the, like, the image of the first tweet ever on Twitter. And basically, like, that sold for four or $2.4 million. $2.9. Or $2.9 million. Mm. So it's, like, essentially, like, so in the digital age, right, like basically we see um, everything, you know, like a tweet, uh, you know, a photo, anything can be reproduced exactly, um, you know, infinitely many times, right? Right. So, so now, like, I guess non-fungible tokens is essentially like I have the metadata to prove that this is like the image, you know, mm-hmm. or the video or the whatever, that um like the like the original of a digital thing okay so it's not confirming like it hasn't been edited it's just like this is the first copy that was ever made uh not the first copy is something that you can attach your ownership you can have a name like i own this right right so uh, well i mean uh, yes so i mean you own like so it's attached uh, so i mean i'm trying to think if editing it would change anything any aspect of it but I oh, mean, you can I, change it like when you when you sell it again you can you can change the owner ownership like if you sell the the art like the, the tweet again you know you you change the name basically you can change it yeah oh okay but so there's I, a single copy that has no ownership it's not you know yeah basically right, right yeah so a single digital copy is designated as like you know, this the original. Is, yeah, this is the original, right? Yeah. So, mm. so okay. So does it this, make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. except for why you would care. <laughs> because, <laughs> because think about this: it, like every every time in this, as Mike say, digital world, right? So I guess there's only so you have a you can basically duplicate anything you want, right? My you you make a digital painting, right? Basically, an image, right? If on the internet, right, you can, and anybody can just, you know, grab it online, download it, right? There's no, mm-hmm. 
nothing called original, right? So NFT basically enables that. So an artist create a digital image, say, hey, this is not original. Anybody make, make a copy, right? But they are not, a, it's going to be, have no value, basically. You can put value into this original single one, right? It's not, it's not equivalent of like uh, Da Vinci created original Mona Lisa, right? Because he mm-hmm. painted, you have one single copy, right? Now, NFT in basically enables, or you can call it Nifty, enables this in the digital world, right? And this is because everything digital right now, digital future, right? So, yeah. So, I, I guess just a little bit basic in background on NFT, NFT non fungible token is very is similar to the difference between that and Bitcoin is they use the same technology blockchain, but the difference is that non-fungible, non-fungible means, so fun, fungible, Bitcoin is fungible because they can, one Bitcoin is the same as another Bitcoin, right? Yeah, and they can replace with, re, replaceable with each other. But non-fungible token, you cannot, there's only one unique, that unique copy of that right you cannot one token one one nft is not different from the other nft basically so that's the difference right yeah mm. so so now there are a few things actually uh, application of that so you know banksy right banksy mm-hmm. uh bank bank yeah hold on you broke up is that my internet or you guys don't know who's banksy no, that was, that was shoes internet. Yeah, we know Banksy. Yeah. All right, shoes internet. I think officially shit the bed. <laughs> Back with us? No, no. Okay, Mike, you can keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, hold hold on. I think you're good now, show. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, sorry. Do you guys know Banksy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Banksy, Neza, he, he he actually have a painting called Morons, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, a group of guys bought that painting, right, and then burn it, and then take it, of course, turn it into a digital, a digital uh, NFT token, and then sold mm-hmm. it online for a hundred k, basically. So, mm. so he burned it, burned the original painting, and then sold it, turned it into an NFT. <laughs> Just aren't, a just a basic take, take an image, yeah, digital image, yeah. I mean, aren't Banksy's paintings worth like substantially more than a hundred thousand though? Yeah, but I don't think that one was worth a hundred k. That oh, one I was see. probably yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's one 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 hit. So so basically, basically NFT is enabling some kind of the you know, art is changing the, the digital art landscape basically, right? So. Or now it doesn't have to be physical. It can be just digital, right? And then people mm-hmm. basically can value, put any value into it, right? Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, there's a big question about, yeah, th- that essentially, like, will this be a new, essentially, way people can collect things, right? Yeah, you can so. you can be applied collectibles. Have you heard of something called NBA Top Shot? Mm. No. No? Wow. So yeah. basically... So you know Jack Dorsey turned his tweet, right? And then turned it into NFT and then sold it for $2.9 million. 
Right. Now you can apply it to anything, a video, a podcast, an essay, right? Uh, maybe like this video right now, this podcast right now, right? We can just turn this episode into NFT and sold it, right? To someone, you know, hopefully for a million dollars. But basically, NBA Top Shot, what he's doing, you, you, basically it's, um, it's produced about NBA, right? Mm-hmm. He basically have turned those highlights, right? Like people highlights, like uh, highlight videos. Mm-hmm. Turn it into moments, and they sold, and then they sold, and they sell those moments to people in a marketplace called NBA Top Shot, right? So you can go to NBA Top Shot right now to buy a moment, right? So actually, uh, there's a LeBron James like the highlight video. Oh, I have heard of that. NFT. Yeah. He was he just sold for like two hundred k. All right. So you know how there's people who like sell you the rights to like a star in another galaxy, right? Like you can go online and buy that. Yeah. 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 I feel like this is official, but yes, I feel like this is the same thing and that you're selling ownership to something that the concept of ownership doesn't even matter. It's kind of meaningless. Mm -hmm. I'm taking a knee jerk anti stance here. So like your ownership over, one copy of a digital image that you claim is like the original is totally pointless. Now people may pay for it and trade it around or whatever, but it's like, I mean, it's just ownership for the sake of ownership, right? Like the original copy, like the original is a copy anyway. And you're just specifying that one person has this ownership over an identical copy that might there might be millions of on different computers. Yeah. I mean, if you make money, I, I guess you can't fault people being like, I can sell something that, sh- you know, otherwise I couldn't, but who's paying for this? P- right. P- people who have too much money to burn, I guess. Like, well, you know, it's just like buying a star is my opinion. Well, I, I would think, I mean, it, it sort of mirrors like the trading, like, I mean, so the trading card market, like, you know, baseball yeah. cards, like hockey cards. I mean, it's, it's essentially trying to recreate that. Exactly. People say like, you know, those types of cards, oh, they had value because of their scarcity, but mm-hmm. it's like, who cares? It's a picture of, you know, it's a picture of, you know, I guess back then it would be like, you know, Bobby Orr, you know, or Bo- I mean, that's an NHL person. So half of you probably don't know. Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry rookie card. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, there's a, it's a physical item, but it's like, it's literally just a picture of a guy who was on TV all the time. And okay. you know, his stats are on the back of the card. So it's like, is I there actually, a- I actually have a Daryl Strawberry card of him doing a bunch of blow with hookers. Yeah, that's so, actually. <laughs> but those have value because there are people who want the physical cards, right? There's some, there are people who want it, and there's not enough of them, so they bid up their price, right? And it's that's just classic, you know, buy sell. Well, you know, okay, yes, supply but- demand. So that's like where that value comes from. Sure. But in this moment, people may want something that's allegedly the original digital copy of something. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so. mean, that's fine. <laughs> people may want to say a star is there. It's just like, it's even like, I mean, it's because the, it's not even a physical thing like a baseball card. It's just like a vague concept of owning something that, you know, no one, maybe other people respect or not because but- it, well, but I guess like the person who bought this tr- tweet for $2 million can go and like 
look at metadata and be like, look, like Jack Dorsey, like saw this, like saw the image that I am seeing. Yeah. So (laughs) any image, any copy of that image is as much the image he saw as uh, the one they own. I agree with you, but that's what people think. So, I mean, I imagine like at some point, like sort of when, like the tra- like the trading card, like baseball card, uh, basketball card market, sort of the bottom fell out of it when I was like 15 or something. And I think it's because like eventually like they did just make too many copies of like every card. So mm-hmm. like there's a handful of cards that I think still have some value, but I think a lot of them, like especially anything past like 2003 is just basically like I don't know that there, there are that many cards that are worth almost anything. So. Mm. So I have a feeling that the bottom will fall out of this, but I could be wrong. All right. We're going to transition here. Okay. Uh, we are. Because there's actually an excellent transition into gaming. Okay. Okay. Good, Matt. Yes. Y'all know how there are I- cosmetic items in video games that don't do anything. Yeah. People have spent thousands or tens of thousands on. Yes. And these are more worthwhile than claiming the metadata over a <laughs> screenshot because at least you can then go into a game like equip it and then everyone's like holy fuck you're rich or holy fuck you're stupid or i can't believe you have that right like you get a reaction a social reaction from the other people playing the game who are like amazed you have you know this amazing flaming hat or special gun or something right i i, I know, would say it's the Matt, exact same actually you just fall into my trap of perfect transition. All right. And then that's why we talk. That's why I brought it up, right? Because we're talking about gaming, but that's why uh, I'm talking about NFT. Because that's exactly what happened to game industries right now is NFT, right? So that's exactly how many. Uh, so actually, a lot of games are doing that right now. They're selling all this stuff to people, and people are actually buying game items. Actually, like. This is like the future of the game, right? Actually, people are selling digital real estate, like virtual land mm-hmm. in, like, in, in games to people right now. I think they were selling like almost like $2, billion, $2 million of like virtual land. People are buying it mm-hmm. in a game called Miranda's. Have you guys heard of it? Anyway, I it's a virtual game. Actually, it's a, it's a role-playing multimedia multiplayer game actually like people can actually buy real estate there yeah I, to own it yeah uh, what's it called again miranda's miranda's or Mirantis. m-i-r-a-n-d-u-s oh miranda's okay yeah miranda's sure yeah okay so anyway so that, actually that, that, that's exactly what's happening to games right now so like have you guys heard of something called Crypto kitties. Crypto kitties. Kitties like cats. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. That is actually the first NFT, almost like the first version of NFT. In 2017, this company uh, called Dapper Labs, he they created something called Crypto Kitty. Basically, you can breed and buy and sell like so. You can breed a kitten right and then sell it basically and people are actually buying it right and each kitten is has is very is unique because it's nft right so you, you can actually go online right now i think you can 
I don't know. You can buy. You, you can once you breed it, you can sell it, and someone can buy it. And you know, sometimes can drive the price up. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, crypto so, kitties. Check it out. Everybody oh, love cats. Okay, so mm-hmm. here's my issue with how you introduced <laughs> NFT. Like, yeah. it, so like in a video game, right? With your cosmetic yeah. skin, the value comes from the fact that few people will be able to use it, right? Yeah. So to me, what a lot of this NFT stuff sounds like is as if everyone could equip the same skin, but then like a few guys could be like, no, I actually was have the original version, right? Oh no. And I can send you this thing that proves that mine's original. But if everyone could just equip it, no one would care who has the original or not. No, 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 no. Actually, no, Matt. And actually when you apply it to video games, what I do is they actually have a single thing. Like you have a, you have a skin, you can, you, you, you might design it yourself. You know, you have armor, it can be a very, very just single one unique thing in that in that world. So that yeah. is owned by you. No, no. So that's right. That's when it works. And you could use an FT for that, I guess. You don't need a NFT to do that though in a video game. But in the context of NFT for just like stuff online, right? Yeah. Like there's no way you stop other people from having the same thing. You just claiming that yours is original. So he's the, and he's, this is what I read about uh, how white NFT is very useful here. Like, for example, you, you get this very rare thing in a game, right? You pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. However, when the game shuts down, maybe the company shuts down, nobody playing the game anymore. You don't own it anymore because nothing maybe just disappear, I think, right? With the game. With NFT, you can own it forever. Even when the game shuts down, you still have this thing. So I'm not sure how that's gonna work. That's why I'm gonna ask you. Like you, you sound very, you seem very skeptical about that. But anyway, that's that's what uh, that's a lot of people were say, talking about like NFT and games. That is in the future. Like you play some certain games, right? You get some items, right? You invest your time on it, right? You you basically you know form emotional attachment. You put value into it, right? Once the game is over, right? Uh, on the game shut down, right? And you, but with NFT, you still own it. You can still sell it on the marketplace. You can trade it with other people, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like NFT is do is just taking what every industry that I don't understand and don't appreciate has done and just taking it into the digital world. Right. So like, I mean, so skins in video games, like, so, uh, I mean, you can have like, if you have an NFT, like, skin in a video game that you've designed and everything i mean essentially like what that would be it could be akin to is like a dress by a certain designer right or like a suit by a certain Mm -hmm. like oh here's my armani you know nft you know it's i have proof it's original it's like i paid through the nose for it it's like here's my status symbol because my video game i paid ten thousand dollars to have my video game character look how i want it to look yeah and like Mm -hmm. i have evidence of that Mm-hmm. So, and of course, there can be knockoffs where people make like characters that have like the identical look, but they don't have like the, they essentially don't have the thing that's the status symbol to hold in your face. Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, the, you know, it's the, I mean, you know, the car industry, you're paying for a name. You know, it's like if you want to drive a Lamborghini, like that car may run as well as a, you know, a Ford, but, you know, I mean, it's a Lamborghini, you have the name. You know, I mean, it's a physical object, so it's very easy to make it like look slightly different or look very different. But I mean, at the same time, um, you know, certainly the disparity in price 
uh, doesn't make sense, you know, like for what it is, but uh, you're paying for the name. And now in the digital in- industry, like essentially you have the ability now to like pay for the name again. Right. Cause before it was like, you could make knockoffs and they were indistinguishable. Now we can make no- knockoffs distinguishable. So, yeah. So I guess one thing that this analogy breaks down a little bit because video games generally don't let people make knockoffs because the companies want to be the ones selling the stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's no like random person sees that valve sells very expensive gun skin for a popular gun. Like no one can go online and just be like, Oh, I'll make my own version that looks like the same because that would devalue heavily their original skin, even if they had a proof of ownership system um, that helped it retain some value. So they just, like that just doesn't happen because companies would be like, no. And mm-hmm. if you can't use it in game and trade it with other people in the game, then it doesn't really have value. Yeah. So, so man, I want to ask you, Knight, audio, I say stop, Knight. If you, the game shuts down, like what you in that, like stuff you own in the game, then the game is shut down, right? Based on the company's over. Like, do you think there's a value for owning that stuff outside, even if the company shuts down? No, I no? don't. Cause I mean, so digital items, I mean, people like to say like they're useless, but they're not technically useless because you can use them in the game. Right. Yeah. But if the game shut down, you can't use them in the game. So they are now actually useless, like completely. I mean, unless you can like cross, unless it's like, Oh, I got these awesome boots for like my wow character, but now that's done. But maybe I can bring this boots into like Mario or something, but like, you can't do that. Like, so then, yeah, I think once the game is done, it's like that item is pretty much lost. Yeah, but what about what about you use instead of you, you being used in like utility, right? Maybe you can use it as like a mem- memorabilia, like some kind of uh, to just to to mem- remember it in a way. Do you think that is has value? Are you? I mean, but like, what's an NFT? It's like a like it's a it's a file, right? Like, if you want to remember a cool looking item, you're gonna want like a picture or a video of it, right? of it on your character being like, look how cool I was back when I was the best wow Raider, you know, in us East server or something. Right. Like, I mean, maybe not. I mean, maybe like in the future, like, you know how, like, uh, like guys will have like their man cave with like sports memorabilia all around. Like in the future, maybe you'll walk into some guy's room and he'll be like, look at this computer. Like if you click this file, this is the metadata on, you know, whatever. I, I mean, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a, everything just is a file, and like everything digitally just ones and zeros, right? Anyway, so I mean, would you That's would you true. have in the you know the skins in the in the in the I don't know Overwatch, right? It's still just a file, right? So you, you can yeah, move but, it around, right? Yeah, but p- players would be pissed if they wanted to look at their character and they got like hex code blocks of hex code instead of like an image, right? Like you want it interpreted in a way that we see things visually it's it it makes me think of like someone if you were if you wanted to show off like you're you're proud of like a home you used to have right your old family home you know you you sold it whatever but like you used to have it you're proud of it would you have a picture of it or would you have like the copy of the deed like up on the fireplace right most people would put like a picture of the house and their family not like the deed or the contract details you know, be like, here's page 13 where I initialed to confirm that I have insurance for floods. But, why, why do you, but yeah, if you have the NFT, you don't need to display on the data. You just have the skin, right? Like for, for skin, right? For the character, the avatar, right? 
But you, I mean, you don't like, what does it mean to have the skin, have the skin? You, you have some concept of ownership over this item that that's what you have. Generally, when people say they have the skin in a game, that means they can use the skin in the game. So I would argue that hmm. if the game shuts down, whether you have an NFT for it or not, you don't have the skin anymore. Because yeah. in any way of ownership that I think is relevant, you don't. But mm-hmm. ownership is a subjective thing. It's a social construct, right? So we can make different ways of defining and interpreting it. So I understand that it could be to you, you could, to someone that could be them still owning it, but I okay. wouldn't give that any weight personally. Okay. Okay. All right. From gamer's perspective. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I am an authentic gamer. So this is my perspective. Wait, how much do you, how many video games do you play, Jake? Um, like just in general or like, like currently or like, I mean, I'm probably not the, I'm probably not the, the biggest gamer of like, you know, I get every sort of game that comes out and I play it, you know, uh, I mean, I like old school games. I mean, I got like a raspberry Pi that has like just anything from like Atari to like, mm. you know, super to like dreamcast essentially, you know, so I'll play like, I love all the old school stuff. Um, but newer stuff, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm a little picky. I like open world stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be like, I never really played much Overwatch and stuff. And, I, and I'm also a console guy. Like, I don't have, I don't dabble much in PC, uh, which I know that's usually a lot better than console stuff. Anyway, um, there's obviously a divide between console players and PC people. So what's the divide? What's the, what's let's fight, fight it out. Like, well, that's why people say like PC is the master race is what they call it. Right. You know, <laughs> cause it's just like, that's just the better. Cause you can like, you can do anything. Right. And usually games are cheaper. If you have steam, you know, you can be like, Oh, I, I got a steam sale. I got this game for like 20 bucks. Meanwhile, I had to buy it for like 50, you know, for console. You know, the, now the, the plus side with console is like, oh, you know, it, there's a funny meme where it's like, I have PC, you have console. It's like, yeah, but does your game run? You know, because like console, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty much working all the time, unless there's certain bugs in the game, or whatever. But PC, there could be probably more. And Matt, I'm assuming you're more of a PC guy anyway, right? You but, nailed it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I, I, you know, so it just kind of depends. You know, I would love to like build my own PC someday and go all out and like. You know, I'm just a stickler with like a controller and I know you can have controllers now, but I think like when you're younger and you're learning, you know, and you play like, you know, I play like Duke Nukem, like on the computer and stuff like that, old like MS-DOS games, like Prince of Persia and stuff like that, you know, Mm. um, but I'm a stick. I like a controller, you know, I like to have the thing in my hand and do that stuff. And I know you can do that with steam stuff. And I, and I have like a, my friend bought me like a little computer thing. So I'm able to like go on steam and I have a bunch of stuff and we can play like left for dead online and a bunch of different things and whatnot. So, but, uh. It sounds like you have ample experience. I know Mike barely plays, so his opinions moot in this discussion. But I think Correct. Jake is good. Yes. Also, it looked like Jake wanted to agree with me. So this, I did. Down. I did. Absolutely. Well, because I, I, I absolutely agree that if you have a skin with this thing, and I understand with what you talk about, with like, oh yeah, if if I think it would have more value if it's like, oh yeah, I can, I have the skin, and I can use it on anything. Then that would be a different story. But yes, if the game is done, then essentially that skin's just useless. You just you never see it again. And as someone is like, oh man, like I love Skyrim, right? You create your own guy, and you create what you look like, and you get the stuff. And let's say there's updates in the game, or you you get like the DLCs and stuff like that, and you have your stuff. But like all of a sudden, like once the next Elder Scrolls game comes out no one's going to probably play Skyrim much anymore because it's just going to be better. So then like all that cool stuff I had in Skyrim, it's, it's useless unless they're like, Hey, all that cool stuff you had there, you can now move it into this game. 
then I think it adds a little bit more value. But essentially, once that game's gone, like, it's just done. I mean, you can have it. I can go, oh, cool, man. I got the boots, the boots of Azura, you know, and they're awesome. And I spent like 40, you know, I, I bought it for like 100 bucks, the boots of Azura. But once the game and the company's down, like, what does that mean? And I then essentially I wasted the money. It's gone. Mm-hmm. The boots of Azura, I can no longer use it for anything. But since you spend the money already, don't you want to have something to keep for to look at in the future? <laughs> like, you know. Well, that's why I would agree with Matt being like, you would want a picture, right? So like if I created this cool character to game, I'd be like, take a screenshot and frame uh, it and be like, look at my guy. That's the skin of this, you know? And then, yeah, for probably more nerdy people to be like, but is it authentic? Then you can be like, well, here's my NFT file for it. That shows you that it is. Yeah, you but if, yeah, if you, if you have an NFT, that means you can actually sell it, right? If you have, like, maybe people, some people want to buy it from you, you know? If the game's still going on, then that can make sense. But if it's not, then what would they buy? What would they just so they can say, like, I bought it after the game was done. And there's it's just a cool picture I have now. And technically, I never got to use it, but I own it now. Well, you know, if you're so the it, best person ever at that game, though, then maybe they would, you know? Yeah. Well, then, then that adds value to the celebrity behind the person, right? Like, for right, example, right. we're talking about, wow, like, there's the whole Leroy Jenkins, right? You know, like, that guy was all like, Leroy Jenkins, and, like, ran in. Like, maybe if there's that guy, like, he's kind of a famous thing, I guess, right? You know? So let's say, you know, okay, like, or, or if you have a celebrity, like, hey, I'm Terry Crews, and I play, and here's my character, I could sell this character, and people would buy it, because you go, that's Terry Crews' thing, but if you're like, hey, that's Jake from whatever town somewhere, no one's gonna care, you know, unless you're famous in that, like, viral sense, right, if you're video game famous, which there is video game fame, I guess, you know, sure. yeah. so, you know, you can, that's where I think the value Jesus. All right, Jake. Like, oh, dude, I got Steve Ray Vaughn's guitar or something, you know, like, yeah. so am I breaking up? You yes, broke up. Terrible. I yes. yes. I, I'm in a cave in Afghanistan. That's where I'm at. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, I got a question for Shu. Yeah. How many NFTs do you have that you're trying to pump right now? Yeah. <laughs> I have zero. I was too late. <laughs> Likely in the game. story. <laughs> I do. I do really try. I try to understand it, right? Because anything new going on, I try to understand it. You know, try to figure out what's going on. What's the motivation behind it? Is this, is this the next, the new paradigm shift in gaming? You know, it's potentially right. If a lot of people put money into it, I mean, people are like gonna find way to make money, right? Now, NBA, you know, NBA is doing the top shot. You know, in the moments, you know, they they making a lot of money already, right? Almost like a billion dollars, right? Just from selling highlights to people right so mm-hmm. which i find crazy because i feel like if anybody had like i mean this is also like tivo right or if you like dvr'd it or you could just go online and stream it can't you just record that clip and you're like look i got it you know here you go well no yeah, but- i mean those clips are literally be pl- like being played on espn like the clips they're selling for millions of dollars they're being played like you know during you know, sports and repeats half the day they're being repeated on sports center all day but you know. But you cannot. But you cannot. You don't have the right to say you own it. That's correct. That. But that's literally all you can say. So normally, ownership gives you some special privilege beyond saying, "I own it." Right? Like you get to use the house you own. You get the dividend from the stock you own. You can equip the flaming hat in the video game that you own. Whatever it is, like ownage. Owning something gives you more than just the claim of ownership. And that's why it has value, mostly. I mean, people can value whatever they want, right? But I still think this is feels very bubble-ish to me. Yeah. 
Yes, I think you are right. It's bubbles, but I, I would disagree a little bit because, uh, like, I think you are. So there's two different assets, asset, assets, right? One is productive assets, like your home, home, that stuff you can use. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's another like unproductive assets, right? Like paintings, right? It's not really doing anything productive, right? So I think this fall into that, like, you know, Mona Lisa, right? You, you can claim you own it, right? Someone own an original copy, but it's not, doesn't really do anything except its value. And I don't know, do you have million dollars? Well, that, that's what I'd say is it's sort of like in the art world, right? People give the thing value, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So like if a Jackson Pollock is going to go as much because people are going to go, I'm willing to pay for that. You know, if they didn't, then there wouldn't be any value, in it, you know? So it's, we give the thing, the value essentially. So mm-hmm. if, if it sells, then it sells because, you know, that's the value you put into it the, or the group, you know, whatever the community is, the art world, you know, dictates what this is and what, what people are willing to buy for it. And if one day people are like, no, nah, I don't want that. That's not cool anymore. Then you're like, oh, crap, I spent 40000 on this thing. I thought this was the next big thing. And I wanted to resell it for like double, make a profit. And now if people were like, nah, we're over that, then mm. it loses its value, essentially. Whereas games is a little bit different because some things could add useful things. Like I remember there was a story a long time ago when we're talking about, speaking of WoW, World of Warcraft, there was a dad that like used all his kids like college fund to just buy items, but they give you something, you know, I mean, yes, there's skins like EA sports is terrible at doing this, like the pay for play sort of situation, you know, and there's a lot of, even like Ubisoft does this as well. Like I like, I love Assassin's Creed games and yeah, you can go on and be like, Hey, but you want this cool, like, you know, hell starter pack or something. You want to look awesome and have like the new horse and all this stuff. And it's like, you got to spend the money to buy it, but it doesn't add anything. It doesn't, it, it doesn't give you a skill in the game. It's just like, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if it gives you skills, like a subtle thing, but uh Again, it's just whatever value people put onto it, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So what about what about the I guess the the land thing we were talking about earlier? Does that make sense for you guys? The like you know, people like like multi player virtual that, world game, you know, people are selling the land. That oh. I that I can see because again, it's people putting value and it's also time. I think people also put like time as sort of a money thing. So if you're like I I put a lot of time into making this land, all this stuff, like, you know, what could you sell that for? And again, mm-hmm. if people are willing to buy, then you have Meeting a dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I heard, I heard that if you have owned that land, you can do anything to it. And also like, that means if someone, other players come into your land, maybe they had to pay some fees to you or something like that. Like rent it out. You can rent it out to other people, other players. I don't know. Something like that. That's that. Does that make sense? Have you have you guys done something, seen something like that before? It, it, it almost sounds like the movie Ready Player One or whatever, like kind of like uh, yeah. But um, I mean, you know, I I haven't really I don't dabble too much in those games because I I guess because I'm just I don't have the the money to be like let me you know. But but it makes sense where that maybe that's where the world's going. It's sort of a video games are a sense of escape, right? You know, so if you have this digital world and you have people and if you're feeling isolated, you could be like I have this whole life, I have friends. I'm popular. I'm this and that. I'm I'm something. I'm not here into this game. Then you're gonna want to maybe. Then yeah, you can put money towards it. There's some value there because you're creating the value. You're going. This is where my. This is my new life. Or this is like a fantasy world. This guy's got this cool land or something. Or he's on my land. We pay. And it's sort of like living a double life essentially. That mm-hmm. can feel maybe safe in a way. I don't know. There's probably multiple. You know, 
many reasons why. Huh? Well, no, I was going to say we're in the matrix and we're just like making the matrix and, uh, you know, yeah. the, like these digital worlds, right? So I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's sort of like, you know, what, why do, why do people want fancy cars, nice houses and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Because it's, you know, it's like easy to impress people. It's easy to make friends. It's easy to like, I mean, yes, in some cases, like the cars, they run better or whatever, but I mean, you can get a, like, why buy a million dollar car? Other than to show it off, right? I mean, you know, why buy a 50-room mansion other than, to, I mean, like, other than to have, like, parties with tons of people, most of whom you probably barely know, but you want to show off, right? So it's like, and now if you can do that in a game, it's a way of showing off in this digital, like, digital world, you know? And it's an easier escape for, yeah, people who may not have that escape in, you know, our real world. Well, traditionally, it's been much cheaper to get rich in a video game world. But, you know, if they're selling this land for a million dollars, like she says, I guess that's ending. Like it's it's no longer cheaper to be rich in a video game world than in the real world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like in a game, you could probably buy like you want to be like spend like a hundred real like hundred dollars, like real world money or something like that and have like a lot of cool stuff. But yes, if now people are buying a million dollars for this thing, then it's suddenly you know, someone like me would be like, oh, crap. Now I'm just, a, now I'm, a, I'm back to being a loser in this game. Because all I can afford is $100 worth of stuff. And yet people are being able to afford a million dollars worth of things. Damn it. Next game, you know. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Is, another question is about, is there any way to, like, for example, you pay, pay stuff in, a, like you earn some credits in a game, right? Is there any way to convert that into dollars? In games Almost right every game that has like a persistent money system, there okay. is a way to do it. Most uh-huh. of them you're not supposed to. So most yeah. games try to stop this, what they call like real world money trading because mm-hmm. it like interferes with the game. They want it to be closed off. And again, specifically, they also want it that if you want to buy money, like they're the, the game developer is the only one who will sell it to you is the other mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, most games you can people because people who want to play will pay for money in the game right so they're like why spend 20 hours doing all this work if i can just throw some guy 20 bucks and get a bunch of gold and then i'm rich Mm. and there's you know people in venezuela who can make more money farming gold and selling it online than they can make in a real job that is not a joke that is a real thing that happens and uh runescape is a game where that was like a big thing venezuelans were using it to make income huh they were farming in the game, like game gold, right? And then oh, they yeah. were using like third-party websites and stuff to sell it to other players and make money. Ah, nice, nice. So That's yeah, I mean, cool. NFT, NFT will make it easier, basically. I mean, for when it comes to game, it's all about the server, right? Like, yeah. so all this stuff only matters in multiplayer games, really. Because like mm-hmm. in a single-player game, you can just hack whatever you want on your own computer. So yeah. it's all about the company's server, which is what validates everything. Like if they can't, control gold or items or land right if people can somehow duplicate that or cheat it in some other way it doesn't matter the value is gone anyway mm. right okay yeah i think one, one thing they, they talk about like nft is that so if it's some a developer like maybe create an item right you sell it every time you do a transaction actually the original the first developer actually got a percentage as well so then that's like to the that R right so that's why it's very 
is very popular in art, digital art right now, because the creator, whoever created the first digital art piece, the original creator actually got every got like six percent or eight percent of the 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 once every time is resales, right? So mm-hmm. so that's a good way for like for for artists to get paid, right? Also, I think you can also might be able to do it for I don't know improv as well. I don't know how, but you might be able to do it. <laughs> Uh, whoever's buying improv, uh, <laughs> if you're I buying got, improv shows, get help. <laughs> I got three nickels. I'm really ready to put down on one of Mike's improv jokes right now. <laughs> higher bids. Uh, the, yeah. Careful, man. That's a little too pricey. You, 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 yeah, can, that's you, right. can, you can maybe take a couple of those nickels away. Yeah. It might be just a few shillings, if anything. That's what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Half a penny. Half a penny, exactly. <laughs> so, Jay, you're talking about you were a console player. So, do you have PS5 right now? I don't. You know what's? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on Xbox. I don't have the I don't even have the newest one. I have just Xbox One right now. So, but I grew. Oh. I always loved PlayStation. I had the first PlayStation, and PlayStation Two, and the only reason why I ever went to Xbox was because one of my favorite games on PlayStation One was this game called Tenchu Stealth Assassins. Where you're like this ninja, and it's just awesome. And it was always for PlayStation, but then once like 360 came out, uh, it, it wasn't available anymore on PlayStation. So I literally gave my old PlayStation 2 and like games, traded it, and got like a, a like a refurbished 360 so I can get Tenchu Z, which was the next like gen of Tenchu, this ninja video game that I just absolutely loved. So mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I ever went away from PlayStation. Otherwise, I would love that PlayStation. Frankly, I'd love to have like both; would be pretty cool. So, but uh, you know, yeah. I don't. Have, what, I can't afford that. <laughs> not yet. What's your What's your favorite night game in childhood? Oh, I mean, when I was, gosh, that's a tough call. I mean, I, I mean, I loved. I grew up on like the Super Nintendo stuff and regular Nintendo. I mean, like Mario was great, Sonic, and I had like the Sega. You know. Um, that's a tough call, man. What, like, my favorite as oh. a kid? I mean, I'd probably say Tenchu Stealth Assassins, even though I was probably, like, a preteen when that came out, I guess. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so, but I'll count that. I mean, I, I don't know. I just love ninjas and stuff. So I was like, this yeah. is cool. So right. it was a fun game. You, you mentioned Mario. Like, do, you, do you guys know why Super Mario is so popular? Like, like everybody knows it, right? I, would, I mean, I would guess just, just really good advertising maybe i mean maybe it just was just such an iconic thing back when it came out the first one yeah. and then just capitalizing it as kids right it's young it's a young thing so and even adults so it's got such a wide range like you could be five or you could be 55 and you can love mario you know so maybe that's why it's just such a beloved game i guess you know it was one of the i you know maybe not you can't even really count as one of the first but it's definitely probably a one of the first maybe mainstream type of platformers i mean yeah. you probably go back in history and find ones before that but i just feel like mario might have just became the most popular i guess and that and it's sort of i guess mario they also like very early on like took the same characters and like spread them out across like many different like storylines and like you know so they were almost like fleshed out characters like because you you know i mean it was i think early on there was like a donkey kong game there was mario well, kart mario party you know like it was well, donkey game. kong was like the, the donkey kong game was like the first time you ever saw like mario right the old right, like, right, right. you know where, where kong is throwing the barrels and stuff like that and you sort of see like what looks like mario you know uh, right so i mean it was sort of uh 
I mean, I know there are other examples of this that are escaping me, but uh, oh yeah, like when Happy Days first started, like the Fonz was supposed to be a uh, like a very minor character, and every like I think in the first season they picked up like oh like through focus groups or whatever they were like oh everyone likes him, so he became like the focal point of the show to drive like the next eight seasons or whatever. So yeah, for a second I'm like, there's a Happy Days video game. I, I would play it. That. <laughs> I would but, play that Happy Days video game. It'd be great. Nah, nah, nah. I guess. All right, man. What's your what's your childhood favorite childhood game? Mm. I played a lot of games throughout mm. my childhood. I don't know. I guess I could mention like the original Counter Strike or Dota. Both took up a lot of time when I was younger. Mm. Uh, so those could be a couple, or maybe Super Smash Brothers sixty four, oh. the original. That was yeah. a good one. Played it a lot when I was younger, and then played it again. Like when I was in college, for some reason, like half the people in my undergrad were into that game and several people brought in 64s, even though like the Nintendo Wii was out at that point or maybe even something after that. But we were all like getting on the OG on our N64 and playing. Heck yeah. It's different. It's a different, I feel like it's a much different game. I It has a different feel. It's really fun though. It's good yeah. for uh spiking where you know when people are coming back you can hit them down and Mm -hmm. make them die real fast in later games they made that much harder and gave people a lot better ways to like get back onto the platform which maybe is more fair but it's so satisfying to just like slam someone down like that oh yeah oh yeah absolutely Hmm. all right (laughs) (laughs) all right i I think i'm gonna ask one question before i hand it over to mike i think he had a bunch of questions i guess why? What, what do you guys like about playing video games, I guess? It's kind of a stupid question, but yeah. I like the competitive challenge, and I really like figuring out my own kind of strategies and methods. Like, I'm, I am competitive, but I'm not the sort of person who, like, looks up what's the, like, meta way of, like, what's everyone doing that's best. I really like finding my own thing my own little way to do things. So like playing the weird character people don't play, using the items people don't use and seeing like, you know, doing well with that. I think that's really fun. That's me. That's cool. No, I I think, yeah. I mean, um, I think for me, I like the competitive nature too. And it's, it's like a problem solving thing when you play games Uh, and obviously depending on the game, I guess. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, and and I like the the fantasy aspect, right. The sort of like escapism, you know, I mean, that's why I like a lot of like games where like Skyrim, like Bethesda, where you can like create your own player, create what you look like. Cause then you're like, cool. What's my story. What's my guy like, you know, those role-playing games. Do you want to be like a thief or like a knight or something like a fighter or like cleric or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so I just like that escapism and that like sort of the fantasy world of it all. And then, yeah, the problem solving, figuring out, uh, you know, just different ways to play the game essentially. So, but like I said, that's depending on the, the game you play, but uh, you know, if you're playing like a sports game, I mean, you know, maybe you're just doing like, what's kind of, you know, maybe I'm going to do different plays or something, but for the most part, it's yeah, that's what I love about it. It's just good escape. It's a good, I don't know. Yeah, you bring up something that's important for these topics is I feel like a lot of times people are like, yeah, games and people who play them, but like games are so broad, like yes. the things you can do and the reasons people play them are just like, completely different right some people it's for like a story that's almost like a visual novel that you interact with Mm -hmm. and then that's like on the complete flip side of people who are just playing to get compete against someone versus someone who's like 
doing something creative like Minecraft, right? Where they just want to go build stuff on their own, just kind of unstructured. And then there's a lot more stuff beyond that. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, like, yeah, like the Telltale games, essentially, which is just you're watching like a, it's just like a movie, but you just make like decisions that your character will make or whatever like that, you know? So it's like, should you go through the, go through the woods or go through the cabin or go through like the house or something, you know? And so you have those and yeah, you have platform games, which is like, I want to collect, you want to collect things. So everyone has like a different mission with like what they like to play, what they kind of, you know, like Matt, what kind of game, like what games do you like right now? What games are you really into? Like what kind of games? Uh, I mean, multiplayer online stuff is okay. generally my, my shindig there. And then lots of stuff within that. So it could be shooters, it could be MOBAs, it could be MMORPGs. But if I'm like playing against other people online, I'm happy. Okay, cool, cool. I'm disappointed you you're not mentioning Overwatch. You don't play Overwatch anymore. That's a shooter. That's multiplayer online. That is within the categories. But no, I have not played Overwatch for like a couple of years now. Oh, that wow. did consume a few years of my life. That was what <laughs> I was playing like every day, uh, uh, and I got pretty good at it. But you know, Overwatch Two is going to come out eventually. Overwatch One's kind of just been uh, sit and stale. Mm. I don't want to hate on it, but I think most people are just waiting for the next one because yeah. mm. the last the last big like MMO I've tried was uh, I remember I think it was probably like Battlefront. I got like I got like Star Wars Battlefront, and mm. when I'm just playing with like something like that with a bunch of people, like I don't always have the time to sit and like and you and you just get killed all the time, and I'm like. <sighs> I just get destroyed by like probably some like five-year-old in Minnesota or somewhere like that. And I'm just like, God, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's telling me he's banging my mom and I'm like, go for it. <laughs> I mean, that's the authentic experience. Come on. Exactly. I know it's, that's what you got to, that's, uh, you know, if you, if you don't want to like, if you don't want to like swat some stranger across the world, then, you know, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about you, Shu? Do you like to play video games? Do you, uh, yeah, I haven't played in a long time, but my first video exposure video game is more like uh, Super Mario kind of in a way. But, you know, I grew up in China, so I didn't have TV or I don't have console or anything. So so that's why I, I really love to play. But, you know, my also my Chinese parents, uh, they always like, look down on games, like the distraction. So they, they usually like, don't want kids to play games. Also, I don't have the money to buy video games either. So both, you know, so that's why I was, but it, it was fun. So, but, and then as I get older, I guess I didn't really, I was just, when I came to the U.S., I was mostly focused on study as well. So I didn't really get into play games, even though I want to, but yeah. But I think it's, also now I'm kind of, maybe I should get back into it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <With NFT>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, your parents aren't totally wrong. There's probably been some times where I was playing too much and should have cut back. But I mean, it's like any hobby, right? Like you don't want it to turn into a vice, but yeah. video games can sometimes easily consume too oh, yeah. much of your energy and your time. But, you know, if you're just mm. doing it, you know, an hour a day or something just to like relax instead of watching TV or what other people do, it's really no problem. Yeah. Sounds like a perfect transition to my question regarding that was not negative of gaming, right, Mike? Yeah, well, no. I mean, most of my questions were sort of just about, like, the psychology behind it and, yeah, and basically, like, what attracts you to gaming and sort of what negative effects you've seen of it. But, you know, I mean, I guess. I, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of it where uh, basically, uh, 
you know, a tra- like attraction aspect is like it's an escape and negative mm-hmm. aspect is potentially like over immersion, right? In what's considered like a fake world or, you know, mm-hmm. your escape world. So Well, have you guys read Ready Player One? Mm-hmm. I've seen the movie. Oh, you, you guys should read you, you guys should read the book. Check out check out ready. You should you guys everybody should check out Ready Player One on Libby, you know, I B B Y, the the free library app. You know, I, I just I just finished listening to the audiobook. It was it's awesome. Yeah. Besides the you know, anyway, it's it's just awesome. It's, it, you also like get into like a lot of like 80s culture, not just games, right? Culture and like, a lot of stuff, like movies and stuff. Anyways, it's just a great book. And also yeah, and then also in, in, in there's a one of my favorite quote in that book is, uh, "Going outside is overrated." Unquote. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, no, I mean, uh, like, well, one of the other questions I wanted to ask is like, what you would like to see in the future of gaming? So, do you want Ready Player One, where essentially you just plug into something and? I mean, I, I always felt like that was, I feel like that's the ultimate gaming, right? It's probably like something like the Matrix or like Inception, right? Where you just plug in and you're there, you know, and you can't die, obviously. I mean, Red Player One is pretty crazy because it was like, if you died, you lost everything. I mean, the stakes are pretty high. So obviously when you, you know, you see in like, at least in the movie, and I, I'm sure the book probably talked about too, like there's a scene in the movie where like a guy dies in the game and you lose all that time, everything you put into that game and you lose it. And the guy's like trying to jump off a building and stuff and people are stopping him. So, you know, I mean, you could put a lot, you know, I mean, if it wasn't that extreme, but nonetheless, I mean, I think that'd be the future really. It's just like, I mean, that's why VR is a thing now, right? I mean, we're getting closer and closer to sort of like the, the farther you can like immerse yourself into the game. I think that's the, that's the, top of the line future of gaming is putting on a helmet, plugging something in and you're there. You look how you wanted to create. You can feel it. You can do it. And if you die, you just like wake up and you're like, Oh man, all right, start again, you know, and here you go. Right. But I guess is that the, uh, I I guess that's really more the question, right? Like if you're, if you can essentially live a different life in the game, should that life look exactly how you want it to look? Or should there be like some notion of like, you know, like work put in, or I mean, I guess it could depend on the the software, right? It could. It would, it would probably game. depend on the game. I mean, if you're playing yeah. like Sims, if this is the level, right? You plug in and you're playing Sims, then essentially you could be like, oh man, and, and if I plug in, I got a wife, I got kids, I got all this stuff. Here we go, big house. My Sims, you unplug it, and you're like, I'm just a I'm a pizza delivery guy. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there's going to be damaging stuff. I mean, you know, it, I mean, there already is in normal video game world, right? I mean, you have like we talk about the negative effects over immersion. People don't live in that real life. I mean, I think if you were able to plug in and be there and you're acting it out, I look at my hands and I'm in this video game and I'm doing it. Oh yeah. You're going to have, I think the backlash would be, I would imagine a lot of people would not want to leave that world because that's their perfect world that they can create. You're the God of that world, you Mm -hmm. know, and a lot of people would not want to leave it. I mean, I would probably be, I would, I could potentially fall victim to that, right? Would be like, oh man, this is great. And then real life sucks. And then you can't match real life with the fantasy world. And then you'd have a lot of people who would, you know, I don't know. I mean, there could be some bad stuff with that, but I, I would think it'd be cool. You just have to have a good, I don't know, have a good support system maybe for that. (laughs) To pull you out. No, I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, we already have like, obviously like, you know, heroin. I mean, right. (laughs) So it's like. You could, uh, in theory, like if you snort heroin, like I, at, at, at night I go home and snort heroin and I feel perfect. Like, you know, it's like every other aspect of my life is terrible, but heroin is good. 
So yes, there's gonna be some guy in the street. He opens up his coat. It's like a USB drive. With yeah. the game so yeah, good. Yeah. They made it illegal, and he's like, "I got the goods." Yeah, he's like, "You want to be a rich guy in that game? I got it. You want to? Yeah, that would be pretty funny." Earlier, <laughs> I mean, did you earlier did you say one guy like he losing the game and he tried to jump off a building or something? Yeah, it was at Ready Player One. I don't know if they said it in the book, but there's a scene in the movie where like oh. where like his video game, his avatar died, and I guess like the rules of that game was like if you died, like you lose everything you've ever oh, yeah. to start over. And so he must have put in so much time. So in his real life, he like takes off the thing and he's like, ah, and he just tries to like jump out the window when his like uh, associates try to like stop him, you know, because he would just, yeah. I mean that, that I, and which seemed realistic to me. So I think people yeah. would, you know, people feel that way, yeah. you know, I mean, kids go nuts. I mean, you've seen, you know, you've probably seen videos, those famous viral videos of like my mom shut down, my mom closed out my wow account. So let me shove a channel chain, a, a controller in my ass. Cause I'm angry, you know, I mean, so, I mean, you know, there's so that, there's that, right? I mean, you know, we're, already, we're already dealing with that problem now. So imagine plugging it in and being like, oh, no, my fantasy life is ruined. Did, did, he, did you say he really shocked? Yeah, you don't, you ever see that video where it's like this little brother puts this camera and he's like, my, he's like my dad. He's like, my mom just like ruined my brother's wow account. And he's so furious. And he like leaves the room and the camera's there. And the brother comes in. And he's so mad. He's like, ah! And he starts flailing on the bed. And he like, at one point he takes his like remote control and starts like pretending to shove in his ass. <laughs> I feel like I read somewhere that it might've been a fake video. Like it might've I been feel planned. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Uh, it was that way, on it was a Tosh or something. I mean, that def- I've seen it. But. It was definitely on a Tosh.0. I'm sure of it, you know, but yeah, it's like a famous viral video where the brother's just slamming his body against the bed. And then just like he's wearing, he's just wearing like nothing but boxers, seems, and he just takes the controller and just starts to like shove it in his ass or something like a couple times because he's so irate, I guess. Right. right. Gamer uh, rage. Gamer rage, that. which is real. I mean, you know, do you, do you feel it, Matt? Do you ever feel like I have ever- been gamer raged before? You know, I've never tried to shove a remote <laughs> on my bum. Never been that angry. I guess. never been that I angry. Got pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No one has played video games enough and never been pissed off. Oh, it's true. Well, because once you get invested in something, I mean, that just means you like it, right? You get invested in something, then you can get upset over it. But, you know, you got to you got to control your emotions to some degree. Right. Oh, I always joke being like if I was rich, I would probably I would have just like a a room with extra TVs and extra (laughs) controllers because in moments where I would just be like, I'm going to just throw my controller through the TV. You know, my friends would probably be like, yeah, they'd all be freaked out. Like, hold on a second. Let me just replace it. All right. We we can go. So I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Just so, be like, that was the controller's fault. Smash yeah, it. All right, you won. This wasn't my fault. I'm going to get it now. <laughs> the button was sticky. Who controlled it last? Wash your hands next time you touch my controllers. So uh, to me, actually, that sounds to me is a positive thing because the reason is that it sounds like in the gaming, right? So you say you're getting angry, right? Really angry like when you lose a game, right? Not because you are emotionally attached. To me, that sounds like a positive thing because you, it's a, sounds like a safe, safe place to kind of to, to expose to those kind of emotion as well. So if you are aware of it, you actually, maybe you can next time, if you are aware, right, you can actually, I mean, I feel like that it's a safe place to get exposed to those kind of emotion, to get, to let those emotions angered out. So that way you are at least become aware that that's who you are. That sometimes you do that. Right. Instead of, you know, in the playground where you were playing with other kids, you get emotional and start punching people, right? So 
So any, I guess I do see a little bit of positive side of that. No, for sure. You're right. Anything that can express your emotions, you don't have to bottle it in. It's true. And then, and then ideally you learn. I've broken plenty of controllers and then you learn, you're like, okay, this costs money. Don't throw the controller across the room. You got to pay it for our mom's mad now. She's like, I just bought you one. What are you talking about? You're like, mom, it broke. I don't need to make up an excuse. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was faulty. Even though mom's like, no, I've seen you get mad. I've heard you yell, you know, so you can't get by, you know, so it's true. You're right. There's a silver lining, I guess. Like if you, if you can come up aware of it, then you can, you know, control it, I guess. And then learn. And you're like, okay, I'm really pissed off. I mean, Michael and I have really been NBA champ. All right. Yeah. I'm going to pick up since this is another shift about again. All right. There we go. Okay. I'm back. I saw when you guys freeze, that's what I know. And I'm like, wait, um, (laughs) But Michael and I have been playing NBA Jam lately for um, Sega CD and because uh, we have it on the Pi and everything like that. So the Pi is essentially like an emulator. Uh, I don't know if you know Shu. I mean, I know you know Matt, but Shu basically what the Raspberry Pi is, is like this little like it's this little thing as an emulator. It's just like, you know, what a computer chip or whatever it would be. And you can put all these like systems on and everything. So it just emulates all these games. So Michael and I have been lately playing NBA Jam. And it, it, it angers us for sure because the computer system will like Michael and I can be up. We'll be like, Oh my God, we're about to win. And then it'll be like two seconds left and the computer will land like a full court three point shot that really should be really rare to get. But the computer just somehow is like, we don't want to lose and then we'll lose. And it, and it makes me irate. Cause I'm like, how in the hell, you know, I could deal with hard games, but when the computers almost cheat, you know, that's when you're just like, I just want to, you know, just make it a thing. I want to, I want to, I want to make it hurt. <laughs> right. Well, Some yeah, I guess. Programmer 30 years ago was like, this is going to be hilarious. All right. If you're oh, down yeah. by two, computer gets a full shots goal, 50% odds. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They probably definitely did. That's why I told Michael, it's like, can you create something to go in this game and like fix this somehow? <laughs> like, can we fix this? Yes. Well, I mean, that was another question I guess I had is like, I mean, so in these various games, like obviously in like NBA Jam. Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing, Matt. Like essentially the there, like with respect to like if you're like if there's no one on this X, Y grid within a certain number of like within a certain like Euclidean distance and you have like and you're behind the three point line, like it goes in 70 percent of the time. Like it's just doing very basic probabilities and very basic situations to make a ton of these decisions, I'm sure. But um, like I was thinking like uh, so for example chess you know a board we've been talking about digital games but like chess is essentially like almost a solve game right like a computer can beat the best human pretty easily at this point like i guess does that cheapen games like if like if you have a like i mean the implementation like the implementation like if you know you're playing against a computer that's like intentionally made easier or if like if if the computer is intentionally like made like cheating, you know, like NBA Jam, like ha, like how does that influence the psychology behind the game or behind uh, the game for the player? I should say. Mm. I mean, it's a tough question because it comes back to why people are playing. Which I mean, it's kind of a cop out answer, but people do sure. play games for completely different reasons. Yeah. Um. So, like, if someone's just trying to, like, improve, right? Because like, chess, they might want to get better for tournaments, too. So, if they're just trying to get as good as they can get, yeah, they probably don't care if the computer is giving them, like, a good match that helps them progress. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess if someone wants to feel like they're the best, like, if they're looking for that fantasy, 
And, you know, if it makes, if it's too obvious, the computer's kind of like letting them have it, that probably ruins the power fantasy, you know? I, I think it almost, you need like a balance, right? Because it's sort of like, speaking of psychology, you need, there needs to be a reward, right? Because otherwise you're going to stop playing it. If you never win, I mean, yes, you, you'll start off, you want to learn something, but then eventually you're going to, eventually if you never get that like reward system that, you, you know, that rush of feeling like I beat this, then like you probably give up on it. So then you need that balance. Games need those balance of like, Yes, if it's not a challenge enough, then ah, there's no fun to it. But if it's too challenging, eh, there's no fun. I'm not winning. I'm winning too much, you know. So that's why there's like a lot of games will have difficulty settings and stuff like that. You can be like, some, that's why, like Matt said, a lot of people play games differently. Some people just want to an easy to the difficulty level, easy, and I just want to have fun with it. I don't want much of a challenge. I just want to chill and escape. And here you go. And then yes, you know, some people are like put it on like manic, you know, like crazy, very difficulty, you know, highest difficulty, and it's like a challenge. And then that's their own little reward too. It's like, I beat the computer, I beat this. And so, you know, but I think there needs to be that balance always. Like if you never win, you'll get tired of it. I think any person, you know, you just would. You could play, you could do that chess. If you're trying to, you're the best chess player in the world, you want to beat that computer and you play it a million times. Eventually you're just going to have to give up because you're just going to go nuts because you're going to feel like it's impossible. Right, right. Well, no, I mean, I think it's just interesting because what I like, I mean, what, what I was thinking was exactly that, like with the reward systems of people's brains and- you know, in in a way, how simple they are, right? Because I mean, like literally, like for example, casinos have run studies, and it's and like to keep people spending money at you know on a slot machine. So it's like you know, like the slot machine, like you win, you know, you bet three dollars a pull. Like even if you win a dollar, like they're gonna put like a monkey dancing up there, like you won a dollar, you know, congratulations, and you know that's gonna give you a dopamine hit, like. Right. I, whether you realize it or not, or it's like, you know, they're going to like have the reels as they go around stop in a position that's like very close to a jackpot. Right. So it's like you can see the three things you need to align to get a jackpot like on the reel. It just isn't on the line and they'll light them up, but they won't, you know, but, uh, you know, it's not a jackpot. So but it's like and you'll feel like, oh, I'm so close to accomplishing, you know, to getting money, which, you know obviously leads down the dopamine hit path further but like so i so i mean basically it is like I, that's i guess what i try to think about is like these games are doing something for so many people but if you like take a step back it's like if you are the greatest pac-man player of all time like why does that matter like and it's like i guess because there's a score in the corner and your score beats every other score and that's that's enough. I mean, you know, but, and I, and I guess it's because in a way we haven't like back in the day, it's like, I mean, what made, like what gave you dopamine? Like when, before, you know, when you were struggling to survive, right. It's like, Oh, I killed something huge. And, you know, uh, and I can know me and the people I'm taking care of and the, you know, three wives I have can be fed forever. You know, or, you know, be fed for the, you know, through the cold season. So now it's like you're just sort of recreating, like you're essentially trying to recreate, you know, or have something telling you you're doing a good job because we can be fed and eat all the time without any, like, real successes, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting because, like, yeah, I mean, I don't play video games, but it's like I... You know, it's like I like gambling, and it's like you know. So I, I get, I get the dopamine hit. So I mean, you're you playing know. the real game. Yeah, yes. 
Well, I mean, it's like the money aspect obviously has more real consequence. Like, so mm-hmm. when I see the monkey dancing, I'm like, oh, I'm close to doing something good. But, or, you know, because I'm one pull away from potentially being rich. But, mm-hmm. you know, like. I mean, I guess these other things like, you know, the the feedback of like the, you know, the opponent on the screen saying, you know, oh, you're great, you know, because you <laughs> defeated me. You know, it's like that, that's <laughs> to some degree the monkey dancing. So... So, well, just, Mike, why, why don't you play games? Uh, I mean, I guess I really just grew, like, I mean, I would it just got to a point when I was like, I mean, I did. I played tons of games growing up, but I, uh, like, I, I guess by the time when I got to be like 13 or so, I would just, I mean, I just got into like sports more seriously and school more seriously. So, cause I was like, mm-hmm. this is what I need to do to be successful. So, you know, I, I guess like, and, video games were fun but like i like any time i played video games after that it was often like like something that i could see myself doing in real life like it was sports or like something competitive mm. like that and something i was familiar already like familiar with the strategy a little bit yeah i mean i mean the reason i ask is because you you are majoring you know computer science and phd you know computer science right it's like a lot of people and i get into that because when they play video games right and then you do Look like someone play a lot of video games, right? So, yeah. <laughs> what does yeah. that look like? Exactly? What does it look sure. like? Yeah. I want like to Mike? hear. You yeah. look like Mike. I don't, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't see him as a, I don't know, athlete, but he actually is, you know? So he's deceptive. <laughs> Yikes, he said it. Yeah. You don't look like an athlete, Mike. Mike, you don't um, look like an athlete, but now that you said it, it's, mm, you uh, still don't look like an athlete. You don't yeah. play video games, so she just doesn't understand why Mike still looks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly truth came out no uh, but uh yeah i don't know i guess i should have kept up with it but i didn't <laughs> i decided i think to you're doing all right expand my horizons <laughs> i mean get into online poker that's like kind of the mix between video games and games online poker is tough like in-person poker i like have like have an appreciation for because okay there's skills in in-person poker where it's like you have to be able to read your opponent right mm. online poker it's pure like you know there's cheating you know involved right they got the computer telling them the optimal play yeah exactly i mean you could yeah exactly it's essentially just like i mean i guess you like i in online poker, I guess if I played enough, like I could play a bunch of small stakes games and like model the like randomness of the cards. And then like, as long as the high stakes game use that same like randomness, mm. I could potentially win in that way. But mm. otherwise I'm just shit out of luck. So. All right. Junto so. Poker Club is coming, coming soon as well. That's right. <laughs> Bring it back. You know, we, oh. we were playing like Texas Hold'em poker games before, right? We did a few. Yeah. I think we stopped after Matt lost. <laughs> I, it was just too unlucky. <laughs> it wasn't fair, so I quit. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? It was skill. You know, I, yeah. I basically get all your money. <laughs> I thought you lost the last time we played too. No, no. I, I think I and the other guy, uh, basically, <laughs> I think you and Mike probably lost. And Kit lost most. I've lost here. both times I've played. I've yeah. been way up and then I've just bet really heavy for the, like, cause we, we need to make this, like, we need to make it more interesting. We've played like $10 worth of poker. So. <laughs> What's he talking about? I mean, not all of us have so much loose money to throw around, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't even right care. Here. It's just 
Yeah. 20 bucks. Well, no, $3 is a buy-in, Jake, so you can come. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'll be out the first game. I'll be like, I don't yeah. really... Get <laughs> one token. Yeah. No. I'm Bitcoin. I'll be like, I'm good. Yeah. And there's one Bitcoin, but I'm good here. All right. Yeah. I got my dopamine rush. I'm fine. That's all I did. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to it. And, uh, <laughs> our buy-in should be more than five bucks. But... <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can buy in for all of us. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if we win, we still get your money. But if you win, you just get back your money. That's right. I'm all, all the ri- risk and all the reward. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Going to an in-person game. Do you guys play Dungeons & Dragons? No, I've never played it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd lo- I'd actually really like to. I'd like to try it, honestly, because I think mm. it'd be kind of interesting and fun. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's still adventure, you know, adventure based, and it's had a, sort of like role playing and kind of playing pretend, you know. So it's sort of like it's familiar with like improv, with like what Michael and I do, right? I mean, you're playing, you're getting into this mind of a character, and like, what would you do? And I very much like that, I guess. So I like the storytelling aspect of like, here's my character, I created the guy, here's the backstory, and then what decisions do I make based on what like the dungeon master gives me? So I would actually really enjoy playing something like that. I think that would be fun. So it's just a matter of finding like a, you know, which actually nowadays, it's so funny how nowadays, like Dungeons and Dragons is cool now. D&D is cool now. And I bet you there's people in this world that are probably like, I never would have thought that I would live in a world where D&D was considered cool. And now it's cool. Nerd culture is bad. Like, it's cool now, right? Before it's not it was- my world, Dick. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. Well, that's fair, Michael. That reminds me, actually, the first well, time I heard, I think I heard, first time I heard it in high school or something, in Dungeon Dragon, I was like, I imagine, I was imagining some, you know, people playing cards in a dungeon, like in a basement somewhere, right? As I was like... <laughs> Why would you do that? You know, it sounds very, I don't know, weird. Well, it is played in basements a lot, isn't it? Yeah. What? thought it was played in the basement a lot. I feel like that's the traditional idea, but... Mm. Well, if you had an uncle who loved you, Shu. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What did you say? I feel like I might know where you're going with this, but... It was a molestation joke. (laughs) You know where he's going with it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which to comment on you, Michael, which I know you think D and D is lame, but uh, Shoot just said you look like a guy who would actually play D and D. So no, exactly. I want Mike to be the dungeon master and run the campaign and just be the darkest thing anyone's ever heard of, just tragedy everywhere. Oh yeah, we'd all probably die before we even really get started. He'd be like, ah, a meteor hit and you're all dead. Yeah. Roll the dice. You survive it. You don't. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I have virtually no interest in it. But again, that's, I mean, I, I can't get into like competitive games like that are, you know, short. So I couldn't put in that much time to like live in a like store, like, you know, envision myself in some type of story or something like that. So, yeah. no, I've, I've heard good things about it. I think the social aspect's really big too, right? Like you get your friends and it's, in some ways, a way to just like kind of goof off and hang out with your pals too. But yeah, it's essentially like the poker night, right? It's just a different. It's just not doing poker. It's just you're playing D and D instead. So rolling dice instead of throwing cards. You know, right? Same yeah. thing. Tomato, but, tomato, right? You know. I, mean, I feel like poker just allows you to be you and talk about like real things, though. Is but in this, it's like you're 
being a di- like I guess some people would say a different version of you, but I mean it's who you are inside. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, but I'm me inside. So it's like I don't need to be a warlock. Maybe Mike's try like, being something different, though, Michael. <laughs> maybe maybe try being not you on the inside. Uh... <laughs> you can yeah. always be a better you, Mike. That's true. No, I think the world can accept me. I'm fine. <laughs> Mike's character sheet, you know, it's like human, middle aged, good job. Doesn't look like he plays video games. Like that's, yeah. that, that, that's He's my. Like, I'm gonna be the me I always wanted to be. Yeah, I look athletic now. Same yeah. everything yeah. else. Eight pack abs, perfect. You know, looks like an Adonis. Yes. Mm. Uh, I mean, I guess that is part. Like, I have trouble suspending disbelief. That is part of the reason I did. Like, I mean, like, because even movie, like, part part of me that, like, I enjoy movies where I, I'm like, oh, I could see that happening. Like, e- like I can take a little bit of an extension beyond, you know, like, I, like I enjoy Fast and the Furious, even though The Rock couldn't actually do that. Like, <laughs> but I mean, like, but when it comes to like, oh, this is a totally different, like, you know, world with totally different physics and everything else then it's harder for me to get into it. Like Lord of the Rings, would you, like, you're not into, like, fantasy. Correct, genre. yes. Lord of, like, I mean, I watched Lord of the Rings because I was considerably younger then, but, I, like, you know, but, yeah, that's part of the reason I didn't get into Game of Thrones or anything like that. So. Well, you can you could get into games that are less story and world-based and mm-hmm. more just mechanics and gameplay-based, right? Like, then it mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether the world is realistic or whatever right it's just about like oh can you beat the either the person or the game right it's just like a challenge that might be more your speed then sure yeah you don't have to care about role-playing as a dwarf or something like what like like card games like like magic or something right maybe Mm -hmm. uh, something you don't really there's no immersiveness right it's just a matter of like the mechanic of the cards and like what card does what and like can this beat this thing or whatever you know Right. Well, that's why. I mean, I grew up playing like more like uh, standard card games, you know, like, you know, Canasta, Bridge, Cribbage, like, Mm. yes. Hey, and if you open those Magic the Gathering packs, it's kind of like gambling, right? Because you pay like a few bucks and you're hoping that you get the big hit. Mm. Maybe that's what you need to try. Uh, so then you can really look like a guy. So when you go, yeah, I, I collect Magic the Gathering cards, people are like, I'm not surprised. Yeah, exactly. That's... <laughs> you look like a guy who would. I just need <laughs> to match my look with my, you know, uh, match my look with my hobbies, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or perceived hobbies. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. All right. Should we wrap? I think we've been going about an hour and a half. So. Yeah, I think the sun the, the sun's going down on Shu's computer. Got, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. The screen is getting darker. Like, I was worried about mine doing that, but yours has like gotten progressively darker as the show has gone on. Oh yeah, Shu's environment looks like a dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I am here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that, that's good. I think uh, Mike, you want to wrap it up for next sure. week. Well, I mean, I don't know that we we still like this is episode sixteen, and we still don't have a good sign off. But since we actually are now streaming on YouTube and Facebook, five PMs on Thursdays for now, that may change. But mm-hmm. if, so look for us going live there. But 
Now I can say just like I did last week, we are no longer live. Junto Club.